Hello and welcome to the Flixfilm podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix 184th film from 2019. It's the crime drama mystery Rattlesnake. This is directed by Zach Hildich, stars Carmen Jogo, Theo Rossi, and Emma Greenwell. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with MJ. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I meant to check this. I was about to check this just before we went live, but I remember, I think it was when we did In the Tall Grass, which feels like it was about like seven or eight episodes ago, for which for us is seven or eight weeks. And I'm like, they were talking about how they were releasing all their Halloween slate for October 2019. And it just makes me feel like we've done like seven or eight movies in the space where Netflix probably released them across like a two-week period. That, that just, I feel like, oh, they must have really spread this out. It's like, oh, no, they just released like three on this day and four on this day. Yeah, well, we did mention that, didn't we, back when we started off, yeah, you know, like you said, a while ago now, but they had this Netflix, was it Netflix and Chills Horror Slate for October yeah, that's right, Chills. 2019. So they had, it was In the Shadow of the Moon started it off, then we had In the Tall Grass, then we had Fractured, then we had Eli, and now we got Eli. this one. Yeah. and that probably that's yeah i feel like we've we've that's probably been honestly since since in the shadow of the moon was that meant to be a bloody halloween one but that was like 12 episodes ago for us <laughs> <laughs> it's so true but that just shows how much content uh that they're putting out at the moment well it is yeah. non-stop this was two years ago three years ago nearly exactly. two and a half exactly so we'll say now we are probably going to spoil this film as we start to talk about it so if you want to watch rattlesnake uh give us pause come back later on because we start off with our fast flicks where we'll do a quick summary of what the film is all about so what is rattlesnake for you for me it is um with her daughter's life appearing to be miraculously saved a mother discovers that she now must pay the debt for her survival yep good um very similar. I've just said a mum has to repay a debt for having her daughter healed. That's it. Done. Dusted. All right. What did you Bruce find out? Death, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, gross. Uh, snakes. I don't know. We'll probably <laughs> might talk about snakes later. I'm not a big fan of snakes at all. I didn't know that. Really? Ugh, snake spiders. Ugh, yeah. Yuck. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what did you work out about how this film was put together? Well, the thing that annoyed you most about finding out anything about this film is that the Wikipedia page was terrible. And that's, that's, that's the go-to. That's where you start. You start at Wikipedia, you go to IMDb and that's what sort of formulates what we want to find out. But um, there was really nothing on this, the production of this film within Wikipedia or IMDb. And it's so often the case where you can't find much information because the film itself is just like a, a small get in, get out kind of film uh, that they're not really spruiking. They're not really trying to, highlight before it comes out because maybe it's just it is what it is so um i found that interesting i did end up finding a a good interview with zach hilditch that he actually spoke about some of the the workings of how this became a film and the idea for him um is that the concept of itself for rattlesnake had been in his mind for for a number of years um he had an idea of the premise and it wasn't until he had his first child that he kind of was able to, you know, formulate a story off the back of that, I guess, understanding that paternal instinct, which is a, which is a strong component of this film. So once he sort of had a bit more of the idea in his head, he basically just put it down on paper. Um, and then it got to a point where he sent it to his producer 
And then about a month later, they were basically greenlit to make the film. Um, and it all happened really, really quickly. And that was that. And that's, that's again, I can't find too much else. The film itself was shot in New Mexico, USA. Zach Hildich, who who we've, we've actually covered on this podcast before because he directed 1922. And I remember from that that he's a massive Stephen King fan. And he kind of says that there is a lot of Stephen King running through the blood of this film. And it's, it's kind of one of those films that he describes as being based on a Stephen King novel that Stephen King never wrote. Um, and that's, that's cool. I like a guy paying homage to someone who he, he has a lot of time for. Like he, he's grown up on Stephen King. He loves Stephen King and he can't ignore the fact that his work is inspired by Stephen King. Um, so he says that's the kind of vibe he was going for mixed with his love for, for the early Twilight Zone. Um, and that's kind of his present day take on, on all of that. So the film itself was released on Netflix October 25, 2019. So just a couple of days or six days before Halloween. Um, and that's how the film got made from what I could find. The only other thing I wanted to mention, this is actually in the IMDb trivia section uh, under the spoilers as well, which is uh, good that you've already done your spoiler alert. But a lot of the stuff that I read on that is just rubbish and I find it very uninteresting. But I found it really cool because I actually thought this when I was watching the film that during it, when Katrina's practicing how to use her gun, she's watching this YouTube video, which relates to the actual gun that she's purchased. And that video is real. And the guy on the video is, is a user called Hiko45. His real name is Greg Kinman. Uh, and he has a firearms channel on YouTube since 2007. And he's got over 4 million subscribers. I was watching that thinking like, man, I reckon they've actually just like got a guy to upload a video on YouTube for the sake of this film kind of thing. And it's good to know they just used a real one. Yeah, that was the only other sort of interesting thing I, I found as well. And, you know, if I was Stephen King, based on what you're saying, I'd be pretty offended because it does not have any sort of uh, feeling of a Stephen King story to me. I think that um, he's oversold himself on this one 100%. Um, and I'm not- I think it's the vibe though, right? <laughs> like you can answer. see that the bones of the story, you could be like, Stephen King wrote this story about, about X. How about, look at our fast flicks, right? If you were like, Stephen King wrote this story, you're like, yeah, that fits, that works. Yeah, whether sure. he got it right is a different story. <laughs> yeah, sure. So Stephen King would uh, be adding some context into a lot more things as to what happens, <laughs> with, or, or giving the audience some idea about you know making their own interpretations about what's going on. Because yeah, anyway, this is this is just talking about uh, how it was made, wasn't it? Uh, not my opinion. So let's uh, let's have. I, that, <laughs> I was going to say you've gone real uh, early. Oh, I'm really, really. I just want to get into this one because uh, I think you know there's we spoke <laughs> the girl, the daughter's healed, and I was like, I want to know like. And this is probably leading into that a little bit because I'm like, I need some context around what's going on. So I just looked at the cast list to see like if the the healer had a name or something that could give some context around what this healing was for the daughter. And the the the, the character name for the the woman in the trailer is just literally woman in the trailer. So it doesn't even have a character mm. name. It doesn't have anything that it's just woman in the trailer. Not even healer. So that's how much effort's gone into this film. Um, I don't know if she is a healer, though, because I think she's more just like a witch who just, like, trades souls. Well, we'll talk, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about what happened. <laughs> I think um, I just thought it was interesting that Fractured, which we did a couple of weeks ago, so in real time, that was released two weeks prior to this. And they are, there are a lot of similarities in these films about a, a, yeah. a parent, and a daughter, needing to go to a hospital, just very interesting that Netflix sort of released these uh, in such on a, a bit of a road a, trip. Yeah. Very true, yeah. Such a tight time frame. Um, you mentioned, yeah, it did play at the Austin Film Festival just the day before it hit Netflix, and 
tagline. Let's get into the tagline. What did you say the tagline for this one? You know what? I think I stumbled across it and I can't remember it now. So go hit me. It is horrendous. It is time waits for no one. Uh, that doesn't ring a bell, actually. Time waits time for no one. Waits so for no one. You know what? Like it's it's literal in a sense of what happens in the film. It's probably not as profound as it thinks it is. At all. It doesn't really add anything or give you any insight into what this film <laughs> this is actually about. So good. You hated <laughs> this <laughs> film so <laughs> much. <laughs> up. All right. Um, translations across the world. French and German. It was called Bite of the Rattlesnake. So that gives a lot more context as to what actually happens. Um, and in Greek, it was just called the Rattler, which I don't mind. That's a, that's a, that's a cool title. Rattler. <laughs> Maybe that's what they call rattlesnakes. Makes Good. All right. Let's um, talk about the consensus. What, what have people been saying about their thoughts on this film? Rattlesnake is sitting at a 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb, and that's off 8,500 ratings. And it's a two out of five on Letterboxd, just over 5,000 ratings. So it's on the small side. I don't think Netflix was expecting this to be a 50,000 rating kind of movie. Um, but uh, 4.6 out of 10 and two out of five, you know, it's not something that you'd be stoked about. No, same with uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, 20 reviews, sits at rotten, 30%. And the audience, even lower. Uh, this is extremely low, 16% on over 100 people. So. Um, not a lot of fans for this one. Not a popular movie. No. So what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I'm going to probably come out of this looking like it was amazing. <laughs> I thought I thought the story was kind of cool. And I thought the good stuff was actually pretty good. And I thought the bad stuff was really bad. Um, and it certainly, it certainly let down what would have been an interesting premise. Um, I certainly didn't feel what I was hoping to feel when I kind of figured out what was actually happening in the movie. I think I was watching the movie for about 20 seconds when I thought that this movie is going to destroy my anxiety, but it kind of pivoted from, um, from this idea of just trying to save your girl from save your daughter from uh, being bitten by a snake. And, and I think in the moment I appreciated that because I don't think I was ready for 85 minutes of being stuck in a desert Um watching you trying to save you save your daughter which you know that that that's a film idea in another way and can be done well but when it started and they're in the car and they're like there's like this nice sort of bond between them like i don't know if i can do this <laughs> so i'm kind of glad that it went another way but yeah i thought it was um i thought it missed the mark on a few things of what could have actually been a decent story um, we've already said spoiler alert to this one so to me, nothing happens in this film you have a road trip Kid gets bitten by a snake. The kid's healed. The mum has to repay the debt for healing it. Mum stalks someone and kills someone in the movie. Waste of time. You can't say nothing happened when she kills someone. She wasn't Waste planning on killing time. someone that day. Game over. That, that's was, <laughs> save, save yourself the 80 minutes and there you go. You're done. You don't need anything, any other context about anything to do with this film. That is my you summary. You say that my- about <laughs> every single movie. True, true. You probably could, but... I no. get what you say, that it wasn't. It, there wasn't a lot of fat in it all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you, like she killed someone that's 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 enormous oh, oh man anyway i've got yeah rubbish let's let's uh i'm gonna really struggle <laughs> with this one because to me this was i don't know how just could not get into this at all uh just gutter 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 stuff um characters talk you, you might have some nice things to say about some characters well i'm curious i can't actually remember what i've got to say but anyway let's the katrina ridgeway Played by Carmen Ejogo. Um, I thought she 
did quite a good job. I think in general, the character itself carries the film pretty well, considering she's basically in every single shot of this film. Some of her decisions, and this is what annoys me about filmmaking in general, but some of her decisions really frustrate me. They come from that old school horror handbook of characters making bad decisions to make sure that they're put in bad situations. And I feel like audiences are maturing from this and, and they want to see them make the same decision that you would make in that, in that situation, but they still hit the wall and that's why it's a horror film and that's why they're under duress. That's what I want to see in a film. And I feel like this movie, she kept making decisions that I'm like, I wouldn't have made that decision. Most, most normal people wouldn't have made that decision. She kept making them. And I think that's a cop-out way of making a film. Or, 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 sorry, putting together a story more so. But what I like about Katrina is she is a normal human who would never consider killing another person. But on the flip side, she would do anything to save her daughter. So she's slowly going through this torture and torment of getting to this point where she's made her decision in her head, but how can she go through with it? Because she is not the kind of person who would just literally kill a person. And I think they captured that duress really well. Um, I think I would have loved to have seen her like sleep for three days once this was over, because this situation would have just absolutely destroyed you emotionally, yeah, physically to an extent. But I mean, this would take every single ounce of, of, you know, your brain power and your, your moral, not even your morals. I, I, I just don't know how you kill a person. And I think they, they do that quite well, having that, um, that internal struggle. I, I completely agree. I think that the performance keeps this film afloat without everything that surrounds um, surrounds Carmen and Jogo like is not worth a penny. So to be able to, to be in every shot, hold that together, excellent job. I think that obviously you've got this character that's under stress, that your single mom um, want to do what's right for your daughter, want to make sure your daughter survives. But I never felt like she was at the end of her ability to handle life or that she needed to, you know, there's no contemplation about how can I deal with this a different way other than to kill someone to save my daughter. And I think that's sort of, and I understand that's the plot of the film and that's where it needs to go. This needs something other than like, okay, a guy tells me I've got to take a soul for a soul. So sweet. I'm going to, I've got to do that. And it's just really hard to, as a parent that, you want to save your daughter, but then you're going to come to this conclusion that, okay, I need to kill someone. And it just, if you, I don't know, it's a, it's a film and all that sort of stuff, but mm. the, it's fine. If you see some, if you'd seen some sort of transition of her struggling to be a parent and being like, I'm on my downward spiral. And they try to do this. Like, you know, she turns to drinking straight away and she, you know, starts knocking back alcohol and goes to a bar. And there's like a really lame sequence where, you know, she puts a hat on to go back into the hospital to sort of show her transition as a character. It's like this symbolic hat that she's wearing to, to show that, Oh, cool. I'm, I've turned to the dark side now. I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to keep my daughter alive. And I was laughing at these things. Like, I'm not supposed to be laughing. I think the hat, the hat was to disguise who she was. Yeah. So if she actually did kill somebody, then they didn't see who she was. A hundred percent. But it was just like this, the the emphasis that was put on it, it was like, this is that, that moment that we're seeing that transition, obviously for the disguise too. But, you know, then she goes and stand to get a coffee with, in this disguise. And like, there's this poster that they highlight in the background about, you know, um, it's like when she's getting a coffee and it's like, take, life one cup at a time sort of thing just these these things that they're putting in there to make you be like okay this is what the character's doing i just i just could not deal with it couldn't deal with it at mm. all and I, I just couldn't see the progression from her being a loving mother who's 
doing whatever she can for her daughter to then jumping to, I'm going to kill for my daughter. I don't know. I didn't, didn't feel that from her as a character. And that's not necessarily, yeah, fair enough. that's not necessarily her fault as a character. That's probably, they needed to, inc- I don't know, it's a short runtime, but you need something to include in there that she's gone through other options or tried to work out something other than Google searching, searching a couple of things. Like it was just, I don't know. sorry, that's it. Done. <laughs> Fair enough. You actually yeah. even brought up some things that I'd forgotten about that actually make the case stronger. I forgot about the Googling thing. It's like, at least she did the research. I'll get to some scenes I didn't like that annoy me by the way she did handle things. But um, yeah, I don't know. I did feel I did feel the, the slow rise of duress when it hit her. And then eventually it was, um, okay, How now that I've decided this is what I'm going to do, how the hell do I go about it? Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll probably keep covering this stuff as we go on. The only other character I do want to talk about is Billy, um, played by Theo Rossi. I mean, he's just a bad dude. And, and in this movie, he, he's a face of domestic violence and abuse, you know, of bullying and that testosterone-fueled power. Um, and it almost just becomes a free hit for Katrina. Uh, it, make, it makes a different film if she has to kill someone who's innocent or innocent being an operative word. But... Um, it, that, that kind of softened it for me a little bit. The sad thing is you do get a sense with Billy that he's not just some small town hick. There is, there is a brain in his head, um, which kind of makes his behavior all the more calculated and, and pretty insidious when you really break it down that this guy who's got these moments where he's a normal, rational, friendly guy and still decide to... Uh, emit this power on his girlfriend and probably more than just his girlfriend just because he can. And that's kind of gross. And yeah, I, I, as I said, I think it softens the target that they make it like, as I said, a free hit for her to just kill a guy who's a bad dude. But I mean, I can't, I guess you can't ignore that this is trying to shine the light on what some people behave like. Yeah. I agree with everything you've said about billion. The, the front, like there's a couple of little frustrating things that they included in with his character to try and be like, yeah, he's the bad. Uh, he's sitting there watching UFC. So what does that mean that every <laughs> male that watches UFC is like into violence and being an abuser? Like there's just like you can make a character sinister, evil by throwing by showing like the things that we'd already seen from him. And then you know the the scene where um, the guns pulled on him, like based on what we'd seen previously with his you know ability to use his horrible strengths towards women like i did not believe one bit that he wouldn't try and knock that gun out of her hand before they even got into the car like they're just little moments that um yeah i don't know as a character obviously he's the the one that you want to set up as the the one that you need to see get rid of which is perfectly fine i just think that the way that they uh got to that they they added things in that they didn't need to add in i don't think he was that one-dimensional though to to i think the ufc thing isn't a statement on if you watch UFC, you're a violent person. I think it adds to his character. And I think, to your point, I thought the same thing. When when she pulled the gun on him, that's what got me. He he assessed that situation really, really well. And he's like, well, there's actually nothing I can do about this right now. So I'm going to keep going along with this until I see an opening, which, like, I mean, you're not a bad dude. To <laughs> He's bad, but you're not a bad person if you're trying to stop someone from killing you, right? So, but he was so calculated about that whole moment. and and that's that's where you sort of think like, oh, this guy's not just what we thought he was on paper. Um, so I look, I'm, I'm not going to read too much into him as yeah. a character, but um, I, yeah. I do think it was an interesting point. 
Because I, based on what we'd seen with him with his partner Abby, if Abby had to pull those scissors off the drawer, or whatever, and turn them on him, can you imagine him being like, "Yeah, I'll go along with you in the car for a bit." I, I could, well, scissors I are a little bit different to a gun. Like you oh, grab it by the wrist and overpower. Her. Oh, yeah. Or even if she pulled a gun, like that, I've never like apart from some practice shots that uh, we saw. You know, on her second shot, she managed to hit a bottle, which was pretty impressive. So she learns very quickly how to shoot a gun. Um, she got closer though. <laughs> Yeah, I've never fired a gun, so I don't actually know how hard it is. I just, uh, yeah, for a, a character that you want to demonize, um, the yeah, I just thought that he would have kicked back a little bit like quicker than he did. And but obviously, obviously, as you said too, like they want to show, try and show some different light to that character too. Yeah, I have an issue with that scene as well. I don't even know if I mentioned it. Actually, I'm just looking at my scenes, and no, I didn't. It, it did annoy me that they really drew it out, like when she pulled the gun in him in the room, like, why do we have to go all the way here and do all yeah, this? So desert, I just yeah. felt like that would, it was just, it was a bit of filler. But the flip side is it does give you a slightly different view of, of um, Billy as a character too. Yeah. We mentioned Zach Hildich before, um, obviously Aussie director. So that's a, that's a Aussie. cool thing, um, which is, you know, he did that, these final hours. I think we mentioned that when we did 1922 as well, but mm. I really enjoyed 1922 when we did that on the podcast. I thought that was a really good film. I thought it was pretty good, and I really enjoyed these final hours when it released back in like, like 2013 in Australia. Mm. Um, so he's, he's he is talented. Like he wrote and directed these final hours, I'm pretty sure, and obviously adapted 1922. So he's working off Stephen King's story, and this one he's obviously gone on his own again. Netflix must have been happy with what he did with these uh, mm. with um, 1922, and said, "Let's give him another crack." Um, I, you know, I hope he gets another crack again. Yeah, good. All right, well, time to talk about some scenes. What are some ones that you enjoyed in this one? Well, the, the one that I probably got me most excited was at the very start when she came back to the caravan or the trailer when her daughter's bite marks were gone, the lady was gone, that old-timey radio had been replaced with a record player. That was the kicker for me when that had changed. I was so much more into it because I was like, where, where is this film going? Um, it's probably the next probably 40 minutes was the worst part of the film, unfortunately. It's where it kind of got derailed. Um, one thing I didn't like this scene per se, I mentioned that I hated a lot of the decisions that she made. I didn't like the scene, but I did like the fact that she thought of the old man as someone to kill first. I thought that was a savvy decision. Um, didn't work out that way. And obviously you're watching the film and you're like, it's way too early for, <laughs> for this to work. <laughs> out. But it's, 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 I like that sort of thinking, you know, it's, 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 how you would actually react in that situation and probably feel like it's it's a pretty crappy movie if it ends like, <laughs> oh, you killed a guy who was like 10 minutes away. From <laughs> yeah, um, the next thing I did like, I thought the kid on the bike was creepy as hell. Um, <laughs> it, maybe it went a bit too far, but I thought that was really creepy. But I also liked her sitting in her car. This is when she'd failed to kill the old man. And just fearing, figuring out what the hell to do next. Like, I just don't know what that next movie is. I was in that car with her thinking, like, what the, I don't know. Like, do I just kill an innocent person? Where does this go? Um, it's a huge decision. And, like, if you don't make a decision, then your daughter dies. Like, it, I, I felt that in that scene. And then that kid was creepy as hell. So, um, the last thing I liked was the final shot where the sort of hitchhiker scene, I guess you could call it. I just got a lot of questions off the back of it, I suppose. But, you know, does he just roam the earth? I know we see all the other dead people roam. Can they both see him because they've had exposure to that magic? Um, I don't know. I kind of, I, I just kind of liked it. I, I, 
it just it left me feeling like okay this creepy world that you've you've kind of fumbled your way around you haven't made it as clean as i think you would have liked but it, it just left me with a little bit of um excitement's the wrong word but i was i was a little bit impressed by the way it was finished Cool. Yeah, I will add that sort of tool. I might ask it now in the question sort of time because yeah. does that mean that really because she there's a specific choice in asking like um, Katrina going to their daughter, oh, can you see him? And the kid's like, yeah. So does that mean that maybe they're both dead? That they're both they both died because and they can see them because they're dead because no one else in the town can see these ghosts of people. Yeah. So I actually never considered yeah. that. My, like, my thought the- was that Katrina's already been she's i guess crossed that path to go to the other side to see them all so maybe she hasn't lost that power and my thought was that the daughter because she was saved by that power she's exposed to it as well i i kind of think of it as like these um these two people now have this sort of sixth sense like ability that they're not going to be able to shake for the rest of their life the the, the other idea is that like this magic for lack of a better word is only exposed to this particular small town the fact that she was able to just search up those stories that were really specific to it. You know, does it actually happen elsewhere? I guess we'll have to wait for Rattlesnake 2 <laughs> to, <laughs> to see. But yeah, it, say, yeah. it, it was an yeah. open-ended question that I was happy I was happy with. I didn't need yeah. an explanation, but it got me thinking, which I enjoyed. Well, yeah, I mean, the, was the, did the rattlesnake bite actually just kill the daughter? And then mum was just so dehydrated, out in the middle of the desert, nowhere to go, couldn't change the tyre died of dehydration the doctors keep saying you know you're really tired you're really dehydrated potentially that's 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 it it could fit but then we just watched this whole fantastical movie of something that never happened (laughs) true um uh, for me so we'll go back to the scene so i've just got the the, i feel like the the concluding scene uh with katrina chasing billy through those rocky mountains just what a cool place to shoot a chase scene like if i was a location scout and i found that location and having like when they do when she does leave that those rocky mountains and you know cool aerial shots of them running through and then at the end you've got all of the dead characters sort of standing around the mm. the, the the top of or the ledge i thought it was that was a cool little place to to shoot and a cool little way to do a chase scene so i, I appreciate it yeah no, you're right that was cool and that was pretty eerie when you saw them all standing there yeah. good all right well what are some scenes that you didn't like in this one yeah a lot of these are things that were just like initially when the the guy came in, he was a lawyer or something, but he was the first person to be like, oh, you've got to kill someone in the next seven hours. I just thought she handled that situation terribly. I I get that it's absurd, but for me, I'm like, oh, you know what? She did get bitten by a snake. Those snake marks are gone. That lady was gone. Something's not right here. Maybe something out of the ordinary has happened. I'm just going to listen a little bit and maybe ask. This guy seemed like more than happy to have a conversation. He would have answered any questions that she had. And I just didn't like that she just sort of threw it away. I thought it was really, really poorly handled. And what it did, it was opened up for the next scene to try and convince her that this was all real, which I thought was rubbish as well with it. the second soul, I guess, in the truck when he comes there and we know the, the trailer is gone and she's in the middle of the middle of the desert. He just sort of comes in like super aggressively. I don't even know why he was so aggressive because the other ones weren't that aggressive. I think that scene was supposed to elicit a response of this really cool dread, but I just, I just 
was trying to still figure out where her head was at. And this one just lost me. And, and the whole thing felt really disjointed. And um, it really didn't work for me. And that, that, these two scenes are really key in setting up the rest of the film. Um, and I thought they were really poorly handled, both of them together and, and on their own as well. So that was really disappointing. And I think you get them right, then this can change a little bit. So, because I do like the idea, like it's kind of eerie. But um, the only other thing I actually have here is, again, just like weird dialogue stuff and um, I guess weird circumstantial stuff. When uh, she was talking to the, to the girl in the hospital about her dad, who was about to die and she and she just literally says oh, it's such a strange thing waiting for your daddy to die and then she didn't say anything back to that like she just sat there as if like hang on you've instigated this conversation this girl's opening up to you and you just say anything like that's just bad writing for me you need it you need I, I guess there's a there's an idea of being respectful and like i actually i can't resonate with this i can't know what to say but just it's just bad writing i didn't like that and then like, why was she in the room with the dying dad? Like, I just don't know. Like, hey, do you want to come sit with me? Yeah, he's, he's going to die imminently. But, yeah, come come sit with me. We've just met. Like, that was just things like that that just wouldn't happen in real life are things that bug me so much with these kind of movies. So, um, the, the, yeah, the I got really lost. The, although even that, like, you know, she's in the room and then the phone goes off. She goes, oh, my sister's here. And she locks herself in the toilet and she comes back out and literally the whole family's there. I was like, the sister must travel with a huge entourage or something. Yeah, like she must have a, a minivan or a minibus with everyone that's there. Um, anyway, yeah, I agree. The uh, whole thing was terrible. It's like, oh my God, we need to have another scene in this film or else it's only going to be an hour long. So we need to have a failed attempt at her killing someone. Killing someone. Yeah. It was, it was, the whole thing just was terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah I've got a couple. A little, the flat tire, um, when Katrina is like, you know, fixing the, the flat tire, then... Um, the kid, what's her name? Clara winds the window down and just like looks at her mum and like says something. And then literally the only reason that we had that shot was so that they could wind the window back up and we could see the reflection of Katrina's face in that, in the reflection of the window. So we, it could be like, oh, look, you know, she's really struggling. I was just like, oh. Like, I genuinely can't window. remember the shot you're talking about. I, I can't uh, even think of it. Like when she, yeah, she's changing the tire. It was just really awkward. Like the kid just winds the window down, looks out, says something, and winds it back up. Like there was no purpose for it at all. Okay. It was, just, it was yeah, like a right. cool shot that they couldn't yeah, actually find a way to put in, but they just put it in anyway. Put it in there. Yeah. Um, I, the Googling of stuff really just annoyed me. Like she looks up, like very specific murders in the town that we're in. Like what gate? Like why does she, I don't understand to start off with why she needed to look that up. And then the sunset, looking it up multiple times. We knew when the sunset was. I didn't need to see it on the screen five times. And it didn't change. I would no. have been okay if I had to change like a couple of minutes here or there because yeah. that's why she was still checking. But it's like, yeah. I remembered it. And, remember and my it. life's on the line. I would have think you would remember it. Remember it. I would think so too. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Um, the, 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 um, you know, in the car, she's listening to that podcast, the Tony Robbins podcast. And then when she's in the hotel room, she like does the quote to herself that the difference is not what we face. It's what we choose to do when we face it. This quote, these, these motivational quotes don't relate to killing someone. Like the, 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 you're not you're taking this completely out of context. Like I just really found it. Like if she was listening to a serial killer podcast or something, cool. But that relates. But no, I kind of liked her listening to Tony Robbins because at that point we didn't know anything about her. We didn't actually know she was a single mother even. Hmm. And we're like, she, daughter goes to sleep. She's like, okay, this is my time. I'm going to do my thing. And I'm like, okay, this this you know she's obviously struggling with a few things. She's trying to figure herself out. Like, okay, that's good context for who she is. 
But then when she, yeah, when she tried to relate it for murdering people, I'm like, oh, like, I don't think that was what it was intended for. No, I don't think so either. Um, last thing, the, the kid on the bike, yeah, he was, he was creepy. He was, um, that was good. That was a cool little setup. But then when she jumps out of the car and then yeah. like there's this car that swerves to miss her and then the next shot shows that the car's parked parallel off the side of the road and the car's actually traveling down the road this way. It was nowhere. Ah. The car was nowhere near her at all. The car was like she was also in the front seat, so she must have gone back a long way. Yeah, so she's jumped out of the car into the car park next to her, and the car's literally still just going down the road. It was just. It's a good point. In the moment, that shot actually looked okay when she jumped out of the car and almost got hit. It was actually, it actually felt pretty real. But you're right, logistically, it was completely bizarre. Yeah, because the, the follow, like, I agree. The shot out is how cool. That's scary. But then when you have the guy getting out of the car to see if she's okay, yeah, the car's parked in the middle of the road when she's in the bays. Yeah, stupid. again, poorly handled by her. No, nah, nah, I'm, I'm alright. Sorry, just I'm not having a good yeah, day. Like, appreciate it. Like, yeah, yeah. All right, let's. Uh, what are some themes or some ideas in this one? Well, I think there's a big conversation around the value of a life, and um. I just, I don't even want to go out down that rabbit hole about what it means and what I think about the value of a life. Um, interestingly, in the in the world we've lived in for the last two years, with with hospitals being overrun, like there's been situations across the world where they've had to decide on whose life is more important. And I, this film does that in a certain way, but more of a selfish a selfish way. You've got a situation where you actually can control it to some respect. Um, what would you do to to save your save your own child and would you kill someone to do it it's a it's a fascinating question because then the flip side is you got to kill someone and not not get caught for it i don't think we really went into that i think the, the way that she did things ensured that she'd probably try and avoid it as much as possible but my god like it's a it's a big question we probably don't see that question asked in a lot of movies but it does it well here and the, the other main theme it's probably like a double pronged attack because they do tie into each other is the whole idea of motherhood and parenthood in general and what lengths you would go to and i think as as a parent this this notion would resonate more i guess you don't have to be a parent to understand you know how far you'd go for your own child but um yeah they're two really big juicy issues to talk through yeah i think i think you touch on them really really nicely um and sort of ties it like at the start of the film when uh, Katrina's talking to her daughter and about, you know, having incidents like at school with kids. And, you know, she's like, you know, we don't hurt people. Um, and she says this to her kid, but on the other hand, and we, we you know, we see this through the, the abusive relationships. You, we shouldn't be hurting people. Um, and that gun seller that she goes and sees, you know, he, he's a little bit creepy, a little bit off, but, you know, his final line is along the lines of, he got I'm, it. Not gonna, I'm not going to deprive a, a woman of protecting herself. So, mm-hmm. you know, the idea is that we don't hurt people, but then to finish it with Katrina actually hurting someone anyway it's a little bit iffy like it's hard isn't it yeah really hard when that's what's going on um that's what i was thinking as well like because that's the extra layer of this film is this is someone who does not want to kill someone and they've got a situation where um i kind of think this movie would be better if she killed an innocent person and I, i it's a morbid way to look at it but it's almost like really seeing blanks that you would go to what would you actually do um yeah. especially so if you're taking it from that that story of protecting your daughter and you know the, the the tiredness of being a single mom and doing whatever you can to protect your kids that that's yeah that it, angle that would make sense yeah 
it goes to that level. And I think you look at the other souls that are in this film. You've got that Australian um, hiker. So she's clearly just like someone's found someone secluded and just killed her. They've got stories about someone just being stabbed out of the blue just before sunset. So they just found someone and killed him. Like that's that's the other the other people that have been in the situation have have acted in that way. Yeah, true. So maybe yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, there's so much left open in this one that's really hard to <laughs> be specific to what's going on. Uh, what did you take away from this one? I'm I'm proud of myself for not talking about this until now, especially when you talked about the other titles of the film. But I. I don't think the title of this film does it any favours. I think on its own, Rattlesnake is a fine title to try and draw you in. But I think what makes this movie intriguing is the idea of what we've been talking about, a life for a life and a soul for a soul and and what lengths you would go to. But I think it also works with being haunted by these souls and spirits while carrying down the clock to kill someone to save your daughter. Those ideas are really interesting for a film. I think the title Rattlesnake and probably the first 10 seconds of any trailer or any ad that you'll see for it will suggest that this is a movie about a mum stranded in the middle of nowhere trying to save her daughter who's been bitten by a snake. And a feature-length film of that is a very different proposition to what this film actually is. And I, I think I, this film has nothing to do with snakes. Like it, she could have been bitten by a spider. She could have like bent, fallen over and got an infection by hitting a rock. Like The snake itself isn't important. It actually kind of annoyed me when the snake came back at the end. I guess that was the witch lady or whatever trying to help out to i don't know yeah, um, and, that, and that's but, where further context behind like, what more added detail in the film would add to that title if the rattlesnake actually represents something very yeah. true very true but the, the things that are interesting about this story have nothing to yeah. do with the rattlesnake and um yeah i think i think they miss beat with it i really do i think that's an excellent point i yeah agree with that completely i think yeah i think that apart from so it, was, it bit the girl at the start I think she saw it again when she went back to the area to go back to the location and then at the end, which scared the dude. So yeah, without, yeah, you need more context. So I think uh, you've nailed that on the head. Well done. Um, Yeah. yeah. The only thing I like Netflix will green light anything, like literally (laughs) anything. It's like, this is very like, this is D grade for me. There's a lot of that. (laughs) And we, we we watch a lot of this. We we watched every single Netflix movie up to this point. That they've released, and yeah. there there is a level of that for sure. Usually, I'm usually I'm pretty pretty patient, but even like this was a short runtime, and I still lost my patience with this one. So, um, yeah, this is um, I don't know if I've written it down, Jesse. One hundred and eighty two, one hundred eighty three, one hundred eighty four. Yeah, one hundred eighty fourth Netflix original film. I can genuinely probably name fifty that like suck <laughs> like they're yeah. just bad movies so but then again like out of all the ones they greenlit they land on one that just absolutely nails it and i guess if they don't take a punt on all of them they don't get those little gems as well that's and they've got the, if they've got the money to do it which you know they're in a lot of debt but they're obviously they're probably the biggest film distributor in the, in the world at the moment so mm. whatever they're doing is kind of working but if they've um if they've got time and money to do it, then just do it because those gems are worth their weight in 10 bad movies. Exactly. Uh, did you go on to IMDb to look anyone up? No, there was no, no. recognisable faces no. next to me. I didn't go on IMDb, but I wanted to look up Tony Robbins because I wasn't familiar with the podcast, um, but I thought it was interesting. And I don't know whether this was a specific choice by them as filmmakers that like, obviously he's a real dude, 
charges like between 10 and 15 grand to like do a year's worth of like self-help sort of sessions and stuff like that. But it looks like he's had some allegations against him for being a similar type character to Billy um, with clients and things like that. So I don't know whether this was a purposeful choice by the creative team. And obviously they're just allegations, but um, was that purposely chosen as the podcast so that we had that she was listening to so that we had that reflection um, of what was going on? I'm not sure. Interesting point. I mean, I would Tony Robbins is the biggest name in the world in that field. Mm. So I'm assuming it's more because of that, but um, yeah. I didn't know about those allegations. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Did you have any questions that you wanted to ask? Yeah, I've kind of been alluding to this the whole time, but do you think, you know, the, the, I guess we'll call it that main scene when she breaks into the house and she's kind of watching the interaction between Billy and, and his girlfriend. And it's basically you're sitting there and it's entirely justifying why we need to kill this man. Do you think Do you think that softened things a little bit? I think one thing I loved about this movie, it was her trying to make this decision about who to kill. And this, it got to a point where like he was, they were being quite nice and it was like, oh, you know, what time do you have to be ready for dinner? They've just had a shower together. Like, oh, there's... I get that this is also very um, much a mirror into a window into um, domestic rela- uh, domestic abuse relationships. But when they just made him like the biggest asshole in the world and you're like, this guy just has to die. I just felt like it softened the whole thing for me. I don't know. Did you feel that at all? Or you just like didn't care by that point? Well, yeah. Like it's like who deserve, who who can make the choice about who deserves to die? Like it's like, you know, like you just said, if maybe she accidentally shot the female instead, then you've got the whole idea of her having to deal with the idea that she's killed someone innocent. Like you sort of mentioned earlier that, you know, yeah. killing an innocent person changes the whole thing. So it softens the, you know, rather than having this build up of, yeah, she's gone after someone who's a, a guilty party, then yeah, possibly. What is the, like, what are the odds of going into a small town, the town center of a small town and finding someone who's worthy of dying? Like almost, almost objectively, like, <laughs> That, that yeah. guy should die. Like 95% of the world would probably agree that that guy, the things he's doing, oh, God, death is such a harsh way to end. But yeah. I don't know. I just kind of wish it was like she goes to this town and she's like, I got to kill someone. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish there was a bit more of that. And I know that's a bit morbid of me, but I, I, it makes those decisions even stronger. But it like, softened it for me. That's all I'm saying. Do the actions of her and obviously as an audience, you, you want him to die for, for how the way he treats women. But does this make, like, and we've sort of touched on this a little bit, does this make um, Katrina just as bad as them because she's actually killing someone and who, who has the right to take a life? No, I, I, I get that yeah, too. And yeah. that's the, but that's the flip side of what would you do to save your daughter? Daughter, yeah. And then exactly. the idea of killing yourself is like, well, this is the only way out. And she did it because like she failed to kill him in the film. Or she was going to do it because she failed to kill him, not because she didn't want to. But this is the only way out. I'll do anything for my daughter to live. But then you're obviously depriving your daughter of mother. Like there's so many, yeah. there's so many questions here. And I guess, I guess that's probably why they went down this route. It was like, okay, we can we can make sure she did make a right decision. She's our heroine in this film. Um, it just would have been an interesting film if she didn't have that easy target. True. Uh, yeah, I think it adds some more complexities to it for sure. It would have been a harder film to make, that's for sure. Yeah, true. Uh, anything else? No, that was it. Oh. Um, could, could Katrina just have been like mentally unwell, like we saw in Fractured? Is is there a is there a, a line? I don't know. Maybe it's just a a draw, but I don't know. Yeah, I think you would have. 
hope for some kind of reveal or reveal, or yeah. Some sort of I mean, I guess the last scene could, but like anything alluding to it, which I don't think we've really got. Um, I think yeah. she's probably going to be mentally unwell after this. I think a bit of PTSD is going to come to the surface, but yeah, I would have. I mean, imagine that. Imagine like a bit of a reveal at the end where you're like, ah, oh, you got me. Mm. Yeah, too close to sit. Maybe that was the end. And then they would put Fracture out two weeks earlier and go, oh, I can't do the same ending. I'm sorry if I just ruined Fracture if you haven't seen it. Um, quote from John um, Serba. This is this is a review, this guy, which I thought was, um, which was interesting. He goes, uh, not all films need explicit resolutions. Ambiguity is good. It challenges us to piece together things or interpret as we may. Rattlesnake is a rough sketch. A hundred-piece jigsaw puzzle with eighty-one pieces missing, an unfinished draft. Eighty-one pieces <laughs> missing. So he, he, so he reckons it's, it's one fifth of a film. Yeah, and I, I don't. I think that's pretty rough. But I think that there are a lot of things that they could have included to give us more of closure with the ending, or give us more explanation as to what the rattlesnake meant, or give us more ideas. Like they, they're cool having these characters of all the dead people coming around. Give us some mm. background as to what they actually represent. Yeah. And I wonder how much it was like, you have to keep this runtime under 90 minutes mm. and whether there were other things in there. And then but if this movie was an hour and 45 minutes or even longer, I would have been like, Oh, it doesn't have to be longer. So I, it, it is, it is a tough one, but you're right. I think we were definitely missing context about what this mythical creature was that was able to save a life in order for you to give them another life. Like it's almost like the grim reaper type thing. Um, and I didn't care that we weren't explicitly explained what it was or how it worked. In fact, I kind of would have been annoyed if we had got how it all works, but maybe just a little bit more would have been, would have been handy. Cause I, I, I do feel like there's something missing and maybe it wasn't ever thought up. Maybe it was just the idea that worked. Um, but there would, might it might've made things a little bit more, uh, Made made sense of a little bit more of it. I'm I'm not too sure, but th- there's something we weren't missing. I felt. Yep. Last one. So, I'd, rattlesnakes big thing in Arizona in America, and this film's in Texas, very close um, location wise. I did like a um, a tour with a, a local native, um, where I walked around and showed us like the skins of rattlesnakes, and you know talked about what happens if you get bitten by one, those sorts of things. So I just googled it just to double check because I'm like. Rattlesnakes bites, they're very rarely like fatal. Like, oh. yes, you're in a lot of pain and you can die from them. Yes, 100%. But I think the black mamba is like the most poisonous snake in the world. And that takes 20 minutes for you to die still. So to show you the, the downfall of this kid getting bitten and then pretty much like going blue and on death deathbed within like two minutes was a little bit unrealistic. That was just more there you go. question. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, look, the average moviegoer doesn't no or probably yeah. care about that kind of stuff yeah, it just takes yeah. it but that's you know that that still is a bit sloppy yeah especially it's a, Maybe it's a different film little, little girls yeah but you yeah, know what yeah. you call it the film black mamba like <laughs> so you think it's about kobe bryant like, exactly it's got yeah oh uh, good all right i think uh, but it shouldn't be called ready. either of those things anyway it should be called something else that relates to yeah anyway we've been there all right but I, I like that i think you're bang on with that uh let's yeah. let's bring this together give it a rating out of five and and draw our conclusions what what's your final thoughts yeah i i don't think this movie ever really got to where it wanted to be i, I thought it was an interesting premise with the potential to go places 
but some of it just didn't work or it didn't quite add up. And it's disappointing in that sense because there is there is something there, but um, it's worth noting. I still didn't mind it, and I appreciated I appreciated the eighty five minute runtime for what it was. It knew what it was, and, and maybe it suffered because of that. But I'm still going to give this two and a half stars. Nice, good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There, there's just something about this one that just didn't sit right for me at all. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you about it because I think you've given a lot more context about how it can be enjoyed. And there are obviously parts of it that are engaging and you've given really good explanations to a lot of the stuff. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it is good to see a film that attacks certain themes that are, or ideas that, that need to be, to be looked at. Um, unfortunately for me, I think my ability to, believe Katrina as a character sort of let this one down quite a bit for me and I really wanted and I, I don't want blatant explanations to everything that was there because I do like having an ending like inception that you've got to decide for yourself but in that you've got clear options as to what the resolution is in this one there wasn't even an option for me to 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 decide on what or how I wanted this film to be interpreted and that sort of frustrated me quite a bit because I, I really I loved making up my own mind, my own mind but this yeah, one didn't yeah. give me options. So I'm giving it a one and a half out of five. Ah, uh, good. I was expecting a one. So I'll, nah, I'll take one it one half. Half. So I'll give us a two, which probably sits where everyone else has it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> after all that, after, we agree after, with the best. After an hour of talking, Henry, that's all we've got. Um, <laughs> on socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Question one, has, have you been bitten by a snake? Oh, of course not. <laughs> no, not me either. But I, there are people that have been bitten by snakes and some interesting stories. Yeah, I'm, sure. No? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Maybe not in my circles, but I, I don't want to get bitten by a snake either. I don't. Central Australia, like I'm petrified when I go up there that I'm going to get bitten because you see yeah. them everywhere. They're everywhere. And you you, know, you do the training. This is what happens if you get bitten, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, yeah, God. Oh. I'd, I'd be right. doing everything I can to avoid that. Avoid it. Yeah, exactly. We will be back next week for another episode from well, it's a film from 2019. It's a drama. It's called American Sun. And this is directed by Kenny Leon. It stars Kerry Washington, Stephen Pasquale, Jeremy Jordan, and Eugene Lee. So get on board. I thought you were going to say Eugene Levy then. No, Levy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not many Eugene. Eugene yeah, <laughs> Eugene L.E. as well. Like. <laughs> Just L-E-E. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. um, cool. Yeah, that was good. Thanks for ch- I'm glad that uh, we had some differing opinions. It always makes it a good combo. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like I had to uh, <laughs> elevate the movie in some way, but it was also, I mean, there's only a level that you can really get to with this kind of movie. It, wasn't, <laughs> it certainly wasn't A grade. Yeah, good. All right. I will uh, speak to you next week. See you then, mate.